0: Welcome to Kindred Media, a nonprofit initiative of Kindred World. Kindred has gathered thought leaders, researchers, and activists exploring the new story of the human family for over 15 years. Visit our website for our new story features, interviews, podcasts, and video collections at www.kindredmedia.org. Welcome to Kindred. This is Lisa Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be here with Jaysha Lyons-EchoHawk, Echo Hawk, is in Pawnee, Oklahoma, and she is the founder of the Native Breastfeeding Week, which is having its second annual celebration right now. So welcome, Jaysha.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: So you are the founder of Native Breastfeeding Week. And this is only the second year. So, can you tell us uh, about yourself and what inspired you to found this event? For sure. Yeah,
1: I'll go ahead and um, introduce myself Noah Akitaru, Takasa Ti Tata Chikstariku, Stone Go, Jaysha Lions Echohawk, Seminole Creek, Echowagi, Skidi, Paddy, Omaha, and Iowa. I just said hello, everyone. My name is Jaisha Lion Echohawk, and I am Seminole Creek, Pawnee, Omaha, and Iowa. I uh, introduced myself in both Pawnee and Seminole. Uh, my Pawnee name is Chick um, statiku but I'm also J M and Marsha's kid, which is how you get a J-sha. So yeah, doesn't look like it, but that's me. <laughs> that's a wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm a two-spirit mother of four. I'm a trained birth doula and I'm currently a student midwife. Um, as you mentioned, I'm based here in Indian territory, also known as Oklahoma. Um, overall, I'm a community builder and a justice seeker. Um, a part-time marathoner, and a fierce lactivist and also an an unapologetic growthy taker. Uh, (laughs) And I've nursed my little humans um, for, so far for a combined total of about 90 months or seven and a half years, like, yeah, in total, collectively. Uh Um, Yeah, three three of those babies. Um, We have a blended family, so the oldest one I was not fortunate to get to do that for, but, you know, anytime I can drop knowledge on her, I will. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, just kind of, uh, ventured into this, um, just seeking community. I, uh, let me think. Oh my gosh. Let's go back in time for a little bit. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> I, so I had my first child, um, uh, in 2008 and it was not the way that I thought I would envision life becoming a parent. Um, for the first time ever, or when I did, and so it was definitely a trying time, um, just in all the ways of, like, I didn't even feel like a young professional, I um, was still working on my college degree, I was not in a safe relationship, and I was so removed from my family, just physically, and then, um, yeah, just not as, like, it was kind of in this time where I'd like left home to go to school and then I got pregnant and not the path that I thought I was going to go down um, and then seeking out resources um, through just you know being a low income person and going through like governmental programs or resources you know it was helpful at times when I, I could receive it but I also sometimes didn't know what questions to ask I also didn't know um, yeah if you don't know what questions to ask you don't know what help you need and I just felt, I don't know, it just felt really shameful for me at that time. Um, I knew immediately, though, when I saw my daughter, like, after, as I pushed her out, and, um, I'm going to bring tears to my eyes. But I knew she was, you know, we, we were good. We were going to be okay. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, in that whole process. Um, but it, there was a lot of power removed from me, even in the process of birth. And um, I wanted to com- com- go completely, like, Without much medical intervention, like I didn't want an epidural, I wanted um, a vaginal birth, and I got the vaginal birth. But I felt like I got coerced to do the epidural, and I got coerced to do pitocin. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know if that was going to mess up the natural rhythm of contraction, and I didn't realize it was going to be on the time clock of the um, certified nurse midwife that I was working with. Uh, as much as I come to appreciate her, I also felt like, oh no, why did you, why did you talk to me, talk me into this? And um, again, I had a partner who. Just, it wasn't safe um, but I knew immediately I wanted skin to skin and I wanted to breastfeed as I identify as a, um, a woman she her um, and uh, yeah I wanted to put her to my chest immediately and keep her and breastfeed her I think because of the medicines involved with um, the epidural my baby um, she wasn't crying I knew she was good I knew she was good she just wasn't crying so the medical team thought you know oh, there's something wrong, we've got to do the APGAR, and we've got to take her away, and, uh, like, they wanted, they made her cry, um, when they finally got her to cry, they wanted to check her lungs to make sure she didn't have fluid, and she didn't have fluid, I just think she was dope, um, and they took her away for some time, when I got her back, they brought her back with formula, they didn't even encourage me to to nurse, and I didn't have a lactation consult, there was no resource for me, and I just took it, like, that's oh, I listen to y'all, because you're the professionals in the white coats, right? So then flash forward to when I am with my current partner, who is my husband, um, who is Pawnee like me, and you need to know everyone out there right now, you're on indigenous land. It's not just like a city on a sitcom. It's actual tribe of people, group of people. Um, we're sovereign nation. Um, we have a government. So it's not just like friend group or social group. It's a, it's a whole community, complex community. So. We um, together have been just in this um, adventure of reclamation and uh, decolonization and healing because as Native people, we have um, carried with us historical trauma in our DNA. And we also have our own traumas from our childhoods that are, are very severe um, and have been having to navigate that and not being able to learn um, like healthy coping mechanisms and having to just yeah just learn to to learn how to love somebody unconditionally and also just to make that decision that choice every day and in doing that when we finally decided like okay we can we can have children like we want that Um, we both had had our older children several years before and so this next child I was like I'm going all in I'm going old way I'm going to have this baby home birth I'm going to try and find an indigenous or native um, birth worker, somebody who can help me deliver this baby at home and, um, and then just do that. And then again, I, every intention to to breastfeed. I didn't get the native person or the indigenous person because where I live in Oklahoma, there's not any currently practicing or there wasn't at that time. Um, I still don't know to this day if there is outside of like myself. Uh, maybe there are people with like tribal heritage, but they're not really like, they have privilege or they are white presenting. So they're not like me, like of my community. And, um, but yeah, it was just, you know, part of part of that ceremony, part of that process was a, a lot of healing, for not just myself, but like for the generation coming into this world as well as my ancestors who I descend from. My mom and my old, uh, little sister were there unexpectedly because my husband actually went on travel and I had my baby about a week early. And we just totally thought this baby's going to be late. There's no, cuz we're like that. We're late. We're always late. <laughs> and so this baby's not going to be on time, but the team that I thought was going to be there ended up being, it was like, it was like creator wanted my mom and my little sister to be there in in this way. And especially as we have lost um, an older sister or my mom's first child. So it was just, I'm going to get teared up because it was, it was so special. Again, in navigating though, this journey um, with this child, feeling like a whole brand new mom, especially being several years removed from the first birth. I sought forums. I sought blogs. I sought like all this information and even imagery. It was just like, where's me? Where are the other native people, like what's going on? Why, you know, where's the visibility? Doing my own research, navigating all of that, and also f- like just feeling anxious about it too. Like I'm doing this wrong, am I doing this wrong? No, it's gotta be right. But why, you know, all these things like swollen chest, or le- just just all the things. Um, the, it, the information was good, right? It's It was good, it was it, the mechanics of learning like, um you know, what oxytocin is and how it makes your uterus contract and how it all connects to those of us with wombs and can carry life. However, it just didn't feel culturally relevant or culturally appropriate. And, it, and it, it wasn't lost on me. It's lost on society because like I worked for a tribe at that time and I was on my family medical leave and I had worked it out with my supervisor before I had my son that I would like to uh, transition part-time into full-time when I come back as I want to make sure I have this breastfeeding relationship down. I want to make sure I've got it together. Like I've done this before, but I wasn't that successful at it. And so I want to make sure that I don't like we, we continue to go and go as long as this baby wants. My supervisor at the time was down, but then I get a call like two weeks before I'm supposed to show up to work. The director doesn't want you to do that. The director wants you to come back full time, 40 hours. And I'm like, oh my God, freaking out internally. Like, really? Like, y'all aren't going to support me in this journey. And we work in health education. So it was just like, and we're a tribe. So it was just such a trip. Um, When I came back, I figured, you know, I I made it work. I I came back, I I made it work. However, I got sexually harassed on the job for my milk. So in that advocacy that I had to do for myself, because people were like, it was a joke. How come you can't take a joke? Or it was like the director's boyfriend or something. (laughs) They're loved, they're significant others. So it was that too. And then there was like, yeah, you're isolated and you're retaliated. And at the same time, you're having to navigate something that's not even a policy with a sovereign. And it's the thing about tribal nations, we're sovereigns. So, like, we can make paid family medically. We don't have to wait on the U.S. government to, like, make that a thing oh, yeah. in Congress. We, yeah, we can do that ourselves. So I was looking into it, and I got into information from the, um, I can't remember exactly how it's called, but it's, it's, I think it's the Great Lakes Intertribal Council, and I learned of the work of what they were doing with their breastfeeding policies and how they were promoting that to their, not just their, you know, for the, for the uh, people who could lactate, but also, to their like tribal councils, to their tribal governments and why you need to support this and why this makes sense. And also it's like what we have done always. Um, I really admired that work. And I also had reached out to a cousin who briefly connected me to Cami Goldhammer, who is like one of 12 or 15 IBCLCs in the world of like 15,000 IBCLCs in terms of indigenous IBCLCs. So like yeah, so there's like 12 or 15 native indigenous IBCLCs in, in the total of uh, IBCLCs, which is international breastfeeding. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, certified lactation consultant. There you go. <laughs> An international board certified lactation consultant. There oh, yeah. we go. Um, and, uh, and my cousin, um, she was just like, I think y'all should talk. You should meet, you should visit. And at the time, we just didn't come together. You know, we just kind of just didn't come together. I had my last child um in 2017 and I was a student uh, still uh or I had went on to get my undergraduate i was in process of that and just into some other things in terms of advocacy um for Native women Native families Native children and I found myself um like I found the coalition of Oklahoma breastfeeding advocates and when I went to their to one of their general meetings it was my it was like our whole family it was my husband myself um our two babies because I, I nursed my son. Um he finally stopped at four and a half, which was just like six months ago. Um and I had my my small infant. She was like, I don't know, maybe four months um or maybe six months. But and then I think maybe we had an older kid with us. Um, but either way it was like my husband and me there with our babies and the rooms filled with like brilliant people, but they're public health professionals, they're lactation consultants, they're nurses, they work in the medical field or they're like paid to be there um it wasn't like community like me it wasn't like just straight up families and there definitely was no other man in the room so they were really like oh my god I'm so glad you came and I'm also looking around the room like well there are there's diversity there in representation there was um black women and white women but there was no I didn't see any other like Latinx or indigenous or native person Mm -hmm. and um I definitely connected with the um other women of color in the room and we are connected in in this journey in terms of lactation but also in terms of birth work too i admire them so much and um i know one of them was trying to do some like community lc training and i was totally interested in that and i just kind of stayed in touch but i didn't really feel at home um so that was like the beginning of 2018 By the time 2019 rolls around, I was just to a place where I was like, why doesn't Oklahoma have their own recognition for their native breastfeeding and chestfeeding individuals? What is going on? Like when we know the data, like we're second to lowest in terms of breastfeeding initiation, um, breastfeeding exclusivity and breastfeeding duration. Um, And even that like definition of success is still not quite culturally relevant either. Um, just like you read in the article you know I've got statistics there and those are very much the like the only statistics I could really find um, and it's like scarce research on us so like where's the visibility in this and still there's images that aren't quite us like I mean I have mine and I've seen others um post along the way and I'm not saying I'm like the start of anything I just you know I just knew what I wanted to show the world and also celebrate and like you can too if you're doing it like let's commit right like building community and so with this particular coalition um I reached out to them to see like hey can we get a recognition for August like specific to Oklahoma because we have 39 tribal jurisdictions we're like either the most populous or the second most populous state for native nations and I didn't hear from anybody or they would tell me to go talk to this person talk to this person talk to this person and I would and I didn't hear anything so like by June of 2019 I'm like, okay, I'm going to roll with this org that I had done work with on another um, indigenous milk campaign or native breastfeeding campaign and how it decreases diabetes or cancer in native communities. And so I connected with the person I knew there, and um, we were going really great. We had penciled out, like, this will be the second week, you know, starting the second Sunday in August, and we'll do this every year. And I'm thinking, great, this org will own this event. They can do this all. I'm just glad to be, like, talking and kind of facilitating this going forward. And then it came to, like, let's do a toolkit, and let's let's get art for it. And I was like, okay, so who are we going to pay? Like, how are we going to pay them to do this? Because they have money. I don't. Also, I'm not going to ask my people, especially Native women and femmes, to do this work for free. Like, we should not have to do that. I didn't, like, the calls dropped. Like, I couldn't hear no more emails, nothing. It just went silent. And, like, I am not mad. There's no love lost there. Like, I still think it's a great organization. I still like the person that I worked with. Just some, I don't know what happened. I never got an explanation. And I didn't ask. So I'm like, okay, this is already a thing. We've already put out imagery. I've already coordinated with this artist at the first year was Wakia Jane, just asked to borrow her imagery, and she was so gracious to let us do that. And she's got powerful artwork, if anybody's interested. Um, and I was like, all right, let me think about this. How can we it's basically a social media campaign, even though it's a social media page, we'll figure I'll figure this out. So I by no means know everybody under the sun with, you know, the in the diaspora of native lactation but I had friends who had breast or chest fed and we weren't connected that way, but I, but we had talked like mother to mother or parent to parent. And I knew these things. So I hit them up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to figure out each day of the week, like based on U S region. So I hit up Northeast, I hit up Southeast, I hit up uh, Northwest, Southwest, um, great lakes, uh, central plains. Um, unfortunately at the time I didn't have to, like I had people that I asked that were from Alaska, but they weren't like living there currently. Um, I mean there and then I didn't have I don't think I knew anybody that I could ask in Hawaii at the time um that intimately. and and I even asked like elders, like aunties, um like mentors, excuse me, hey, can you share a story? Um, we're gonna post it, and I'm gonna post it by region each day. Or I gave them admin privileges, and you just post whatever, whenever. And I talked to people who were of the field, like lactation, like aspiring IBCLCs or um, peer counselors. I talked to just people like me, just advocates in general for Indian Country, and and that's what happened. So that's like how it went in 2019, and I was pretty much the main moderator um, and my friends were just releasing information we have um one who i adore and was um to be on the second planning committee but just we just didn't link up who was or who is a parent to a child that they adopted who they fed human milk um this native child and this native parent now um that parent provided human milk to that baby, and they they didn't themselves like chest or breastfeed um, this baby. But it was just knowing that that story is not as visible as it could be, and then seeing the statistic of like over ninety percent of Native people, if they don't breast or chest feed, then formula supplementation happens like at ninety percent, over ninety percent. It's like that is the other option instead of like other human milk, but also with that barrier human milk is not easily accessible either, like, most, uh, there's insurances that won't pay for that, or your baby has to be a NICU, and then I'm, like, if your baby's a NICU, and you're giving them breast milk, or, you know, human milk, like, that should be a connection, like, overall, we should be promoting this, right, so, um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, just kind of plugged away at this, um, this page we have so many stories come through people mostly sharing beautiful success stories some sharing like I'm glad you started this or I'm glad for this page this space because I feel so encouraged and then there's been a few that have talked about their struggle and so we've tried to find relevant and I say we because I'm talking like me and the planning committee or those I've worked with um like try to find culturally appropriate resources because they're still not in abundance yet. I say yeah because that's something we're working on um and we so in going forward we had some viral posts and with some of those viral posts it just took off worldwide so what i thought was just to carve out a week or recognition in oklahoma turned into this international like community which is so amazing and beautiful and just like nothing i could have ever envisioned now, I'm just like the creator of the page. I'm just the one that just like, hey, where where can we get this week?" right? But I'm certainly by no means the like the you know the answer or the only one or even like the start of anything, right? Like this movement in reclamation of our indigenous parenting practices is exceeds you know it exceeds me. It precedes me. I'm just picking up the work of my ancestors. I'm picking up the call that I personally feel and moving forward. So yeah, that little bit, um, I probably more than
0: answered <laughs> your No, it's questions. fantastic, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. That's right, that's what we wanna hear is your story, absolutely, and what you said, I'm looking at the Facebook page and, and I'll just figure this out. I was like, well, there it is, the activist motto. I'll just figure it out, <laughs> that's what we do. But, um, you know, what you sent over to Kindred is this paragraph, uh, Native breastfeeding is an act of defiance to the colonial systems. And so I don't want to read the whole thing. You can if you'd like to, because it's your words there. But this really helps to frame. I put it right at the top of the article, if anybody's finding this. uh, We're at Um, kindredmedia.org. So do you want to read that? Uh, It really encapsulates a, a... your worldview and why this is needed, the Native Breastfeeding Week.
1: Yeah, for sure. So so what I said and what I'll say, um, say now is Native breastfeeding and feeding is an act of defiance to the colonial systems and their imposed norms, as well as the resilience of culture and body sovereignty. So it's deeper than just simply feeding your baby. Mm-hmm. For us especially, It's so much deeper, but when you understand even just the mechanics of DNA, just knowing that like the milk, like for all of us that can lactate or will lactate and feed it to our babies, um, the, there are antibodies in the milk, right? And your body is hardwired to understand through the saliva of the baby, when the baby's at the, at the nipple and it can like process and it can send what it need what the baby needs. And that's amazing. In thinking about that, as somebody who comes from a community or a population that has dealt with historical trauma, and that's research too now, where people are talking about intergenerational trauma, like I didn't need research to validate that. Like, I know I carry my DNA. I know these stories that my that my, my family has shared. I'm only two generations removed from one of the worst Policies ever to be in place in the United States, which was um, the, what what is called the Indian boarding schools. It was they were not schools. They were prison work camps for kids. There were cemeteries on site, and these kids weren't getting schooled or educated. They were forced to assimilate to this idea of gender norms. Like if you're male or you have a penis, this is what you're supposed to do. You be a farmer. You create. Um, oh my God, descendants heirs so that they inherit your land and your heirs work the land whereas if you're a female or you have a vagina then you create babies and you be mom and you make clothes and you cook food in the meantime we're still not going to be your parents you're five three nine however old you are coming or not even coming like you're being kidnapped to go to these places these institutions and you're not loved on you're not talked to like teachers talk to kids today there was no facilitation of like you're a human a small human and this is what I'm going to do for you as a small human it was like I don't see you you're this thing that I'm responsible for and I have to make sure you learn English. And I have to make sure you're a production of the economy as the U.S. is right now. So my grandmother, Jaboji, was taken at five years old. Mm-hmm. Like, again, two generations removed. So she, you know, she did the best she could under what she had to learn or, or have modeled for her. and And the same with my, you know, my mom. Like, we didn't ask for this. I'm a descendant. I didn't ask for this but it's here and I have to like figure a way to like heal through that. And for me, as somebody who is fostering future generations, I know a real tangible way is to simply put my baby to my breast and to provide that milk that is so intelligently designed and is also healing, not just components within their physical bodies, but ancestral DNA, ancestral pain, ancestral hurt. And even with the science we know, but like with the diet of your grandmother has everything to do with your <laughs> your grandchild. Like if I eat too much sugar, it's gonna mess with my grandkids' teeth or my descendants' teeth. Um, like that's a fact, right? So it's just making that connection, that like reestablishment, that translation to our communities. Cause so many of us are there and it's it's just there. We gotta call it back. It's not lost. And maybe we don't even have like our indigenous or our mother tongues to like know what we exactly called breast or chest feeding or lactation, but we, but we feel it, right? Especially when you get back to it for us, when you get back to that process, to that ceremony, to that medicine, you feel it and you know it in your
0: bones. I got to attend the um, meeting that you had Sunday night where your committee is coordinating events for this week. And uh, the the way the women were speaking to each other, the language they were using was so relational, and so yeah. I, I could I was just sinking into it because it had this completely different feel from you know we're gonna organizing a public uh, event for no we're not we're we're putting this together for us and you could feel uh, how how healing it was going to be the the process the ceremonies you did sunrise ceremonies and then you referred to breastfeeding as the first medicine for the babies
1: yeah so in going through the second year uh 2020 native breastfeeding week um i I, you know kind of kind of this lone moderator and um not really trying to put any pressure of the people that I had previously worked with and I still had conversations with um, most of them on, on just different things and uh, it was let's see so I'll say in, in 2019 I was making plans to to do a grant to get a grant to support um, breastfeeding initiatives in Indian country in Oklahoma my cousin told me about this grant she's like you should hit up that this health board, this tribal public health board, and see if you can, you can participate, because, like, I I wanted, for one thing, I wanted to figure out, and I'm still, you don't need money to start this, but I wanted to help, have seed money to help fund an intertribal breastfeeding coalition, or an indigenous, some kind of, you know, breast chest feeding coalition in Oklahoma, because we don't have one, and my, like, 30,000 foot, you know, eagle soaring dream is to be a star point in this constellation of of this collective. And I'll just even say rematriation collectives, because it's not just breast and chest or lactation. It's also like, um, like I said, I'm a doula and a student midwife. So it's, it's part of that. Uh, we also garden. Um, it's this feminine initiatives, right? So I was trying to get fiscally sponsored through the coalition here in Oklahoma and they dropped me right on the last day this grant was due. And I was just like, uh, I was gonna use this to bring the indigenous breastfeeding counselor training here. There's all these goals. And then of course the pandemic hits going into 2020 and I'm thinking, well maybe this is like right timing. I don't have to worry about managing a grant. And even though it was the state coalition that was like nope to begin with before this pandemic, it was just yeah, it just really kind of just threw everybody in this space of, you know, uh, just for whatever however it affected you, some of us have been more starkly impacted than others. Our communities still need our, our assistance. They still need our help in terms of like the communities I come from. And I still have been in conversations with a lot of the the people that I surround myself with, the mentors and the um other lactivists. And um the United States Breastfeeding Committee hit me up and they wanted to know what we were doing for round two of Native Breastfeeding Week. So I was like, wow, now these institutions are wanting to know, um, which is kind of interesting because, you know, they're, they've been around for a while. And, I, and, and again, when I, um, to mention, when I was looking for this week, I looked for the centralized place to find these intertribal breastfeeding coalitions, these other native breastfeeding coalitions in other states, and there's nothing there, there's not a catalog, you have to like know that they're there, and try to look them up, and then, um, yeah, the USBC hadn't been doing it, and so (laughs) they were just like, hey, what are you doing, so I assembled a new team, Um, some of them, again, were from the first year, some weren't, didn't like, say they could commit the second year, so I I found others, and some of the ones that are on the second year, I actually reached out to the first year, and they just didn't get back to me, or it just got away from them, and they missed it, so, and, and, and they're OGs, and I really wanted them here, (laughs) like, they, they, they are um, not just, like, lactivists themselves, like, participants and being able to nurse their kids but they also have studied and have been so motivated similarly to to get the training to get the certification or to make the training or certifications accessible to our communities and um anyway so we formed there's eight of us that have been consistently meeting since probably the end of june maybe beginning of july And we just banged it out because it was like, August is like very close. You could blink and it's August. So we got to get this kicked out. So yeah, so we've offered up various ideas and I will say Strong Resilient Latch, our hashtag for this year, was um, gifted to us by the Native American Breastfeeding Coalition of Wisconsin. Um, Sherry Nimick is on our yeah on our team our committee this year and and she mentioned it and we asked and she talked to them and they were like yeah and I think um, their USPC's tribal trailblazers one of their tribal trailblazers is the one who coined that Um, and then we just we just rolled with it I already had the artwork though the artwork is rad if you haven't seen it yet I'm sure you have (laughs) but it's like amazing my my Adati my sister out in, um, at the Three Sisters Collective is a graphic designer Autumn Gomez and I hit her up like way early before even this week um, the second year was planning I was just like we've got to do something in terms of like graphics and logos and she misunderstood what I meant because I wanted a logo but she sent this amazing graphic and I was like let's just roll with that for good um, maybe the logo is not mine to determine maybe the collective will determine it And i'm good with that because that's you know like you said this space is communal it's not like and i do not like panels i do not like panels if it's like we're trying to talk to community because i'm like oh nobody wants to be talked down to nobody wants to sit still you know for so long we want we just want to be like yeah relational it's like the shared space because we're accountable to the community and we wanted to show up for community to know like hey we understand that we're not the most inclusive group even though we are trying So again, we wanna continue to grow and raise the visibility in all the ways and even the title Native Breastfeeding Week may change because it's gendered. And we wanna recognize in decolonizing, you know, that a lot of our communities either don't use gender in their language or um, recognize multiple genders because of the role you have in community, not because you're born with a penis or a vagina. There's no binary Um, and it's beautiful. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, the team, I call us Voltron, maybe we're the Thundercats, I don't know, we all came together. <laughs> uh huh.
0: Wow, wow, it's a fantastic story, I'm just, I'm so happy you, we could, you know, we we really just did this at the last minute, what are you doing, yeah. can we talk, this would be great, let's record it, you're um, at work, I, I dropped off from working too, so I'm so happy you take this time to do this. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners who I'm sure are thrilled to hear from you?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, When this is all over, I want all Native breast and chest feeding people to have access, opportunity, and equity in their Indigenous milk experiences. With that said, if you are a non-Native organization that works in lactation, and you have yet to understand the community that you're, like the land you're actually living on is borrowed from a tribal nation, please look into that. You have to know like your place, um, your role in this current society that we have. If if what's happened in May and June hasn't made you aware that there is a problem systemic racism, that there have been genocidal policies, racist policies since time, um, the conception of the US, please do that now, <laughs> like it's not too late for you to learn and unlearn, um, but yeah, in, in as we've um, ventured into the second year, um, myself and some of the team, as well as the page itself, has been approached by different um, institutions, lactation institutions that are largely um, like uh, white led, or um, definitely lack the, like, cultural sensitivity that they could have, and they have reached out to us, and I'm like, we're just a second year <laughs> Facebook page. Not really. We, we are, we have, a, like, we're more valid than that. It's just, like, but you also have, like, Native or Indigenous orgs that have been doing this work for way longer than Native Breastfeeding Week has been around, as it has, as it is right now, and, and, and some of them have tried to reach out and work with you like laterally, and it's not been receptive. So we're not going to do your homework for you. We need you to show up equitably. We need you to do the work and tell us how you're going to seek, you know, the labor or the, or not the labor, but how are going to seek collaboration? Because asking us a question and expecting us to do your work so that on paper you can write, yeah, we collaborated with Native Breastfeeding Week, or we Um, what is you know I don't know just to show for your grantor you know we're diverse we did it you know that doesn't work that doesn't you know that's not sustainable and it's not helpful it can actually be harmful so that's what I'll say
0: (laughs) well I'll say uh, we have a whole page of resources for people who are looking for those resources to do their own work with and there are a lot of them out there now so that's really great uh, I should also say that I'm recording from Toano, Virginia, which is Algonquin for high ground, uh, which is the Powhatan language here. So I should start our little show with that from now on. I shouldn't, uh, like everybody writes there, she he now. I'm old, so I have to catch up, but I'm doing it. I do it. You know, if I can do my work, those neurons are still working, people. They're not too calcified. Everybody else can do it too. So.
1: Right on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it's true. Like. Um, my husband just posted this the other day, or maybe today. Um, you know, sometimes um, when people talk about place, yeah, they they don't underscore the indigenous land. Um, in addition to being like, you know, I'm from this place, also known as this place, or it formerly was, or it still is actually, <laughs> because that's what treaties are. But again, that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other
0: conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, the Algonquin language is actually gone by 1790, so Mm. there are a couple of organizations that are trying to um, uh, just have educational programs around that. uh, The Matapanai here are are doing that, so it's, um, yes, it's really, really important. It's really important. Mm. I I speak in uh, Algonquin in my garden to the plants, and a lot of people speak in their uh, land, I think, you know, this is the first human language uh, spoken, and it does matter, especially in prayer to yeah. the living yeah. uh, creatures. That's awesome. Animals. I think they know.
1: They yes,
0: know. they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I know we have um, your articles at Kindred. We'll have this uh, as well, the the interview, and we will have a transcript hopefully shortly. Um, the the Facebook page, I'm not sure if it has a link that, pe- that we could say to send people to or if you can just go to Facebook and put in of Breastfeeding Week and it will come up, um, do that. And then, of course, here at, at kindredmedia.org, you can, we'll have links uh, everywhere so you can be sure to follow uh, what's happening and to stay in touch. Um, for next week, I saw your page just balloon to eight or 9,000 people. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's really nice
1: yeah it's it's crazy and all the we're all trying to keep up with um because we all do different things too like that's not just the only thing we do <laughs> we're so spread out so we're doing our best to navigate like all the comments and all the questions that come in and then making sure like hey did you see this oh no can you answer them? yes i will you know so it's really helpful for me because previously i'm just like
0: Okay, I'm trying my best. (laughs) I'm I'm so grateful that you are. Thank you so, so much. Is there anything else that you would like for listeners to know before we go?
1: No, just, yeah, again, just check out our events. Um, Know that uh, a lot of the events are public. Somebody has asked about the virtual 5K. You know, it's just like supporting an issue or a cause. Like, everybody's welcome. This is, you know, this is public. This is front-facing. We're just showing you how we do it. Or how we can, or how some of us do, and there's still stories yet to be, you know, brought to the light. So, yeah, yes. check it out
0: and learn. <laughs> I, I think that's just we really uh, I I like that we have our Zoom tool now, so we can have I try to think of it as a virtual campfire, and we can all sit around and just listen to the stories that we're missing out on, and having somebody else filter it down for us and pick and choose what we hear, so we're stuck in the same you know hamster wheel. I'd like to get Perfect. off of that. Oh. Yeah,
1: no, I relate.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Jasha. I'm going to let you go back to work. And uh, I'll uh, look forward to sharing this with everyone on Kindred uh, today. This is um, August 2020, the second week. So uh, we'll have it up for all year. So thank you so much again. Yay. Yeah, all right. Thank you.